0: Billy Allsbrooks, Marcus Taylor, Dr. Jessica Houston, Walter Bond, and more. If you're ready to take control, level up, or just crush your day, then Motivation Daily Podcast is your secret weapon. Search for the Motivation Daily Podcast and follow wherever you listen to amazing podcasts. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host, Tom Bilyeu, and I am here with my wife, Lisa Bilyeu.
1: What's up?
0: What is up?
1: Up early today. We're early. You've got some uh, speaking engagements. you yeah, flying I would say around and driving around and yes, plane trains and automobiles.
0: It has been a lot of uh, movement on my part. And I won't say that we're, I'm certainly not up early for me. This is actually super late, but I went to bed ridiculously late.
1: Yeah, it's the alarm thing that yeah. I'm not used to. We never wake up with an alarm. No. So no. But thank you guys for joining us. We are live early on a Tuesday. I know we keep switching the days and times around, so I really yeah, appreciate everyone sorry about watching that. and bearing with us. Um Obviously, you've got a crazy schedule, so
0: <clears throat> yeah, this week is pure madness, like literal madness. It so, is, but we'll much work travel, around here, but we didn't many want the episodes. yeah,
1: but we didn't want to let everybody down, so we thought, all right, eight yeah. a m. So crew was here at seven or six forty five knocking on the door. Yes all right let's get down to it let's shall we it. okay so um from last week's results of would you rather as Bonsai starts choking. Um, so the question from last week was would you rather experience small romantic gestures daily or grand romantic gestures yearly? And the results are in drum roll, please. 92% of people would prefer small romantic mm, gestures daily. 8% would prefer a grand romantic gesture. That's yearly.
0: insightful. That's because yeah. we've had so many that are like 50-50, and this one is very applicable like you could do it right away and especially since society is geared towards there being let's say three or four grand gestures throughout the year this means everybody's really sort of off the mark on this one Mm. that's really interesting yeah
1: Hmm. which makes you wonder why people then why more people don't do that
0: because nobody but the shady old lady thought to ask that question
1: no i'm saying like how Oh, you're saying people won't do it because people don't ask each other that question? Yeah,
0: nobody's stopped to... I mean, look, There's it's twofold. One, nobody's asking the question, so it's not really putting it in your mind. And then two, it's harder. Yeah, It's actually harder to be yeah. on it all day, every day, 365, thinking about little ways you could do something versus like, I'm just gonna totally backburn to that. I'm not even gonna think about it. And then, oh, cool, a birthday, Christmas, Valentine's Day, they're here. Let me do something big and cool.
1: Also, I think sometimes you don't even realize yourself, like the other days so of people at home, you've probably heard us talk before about um, you boiling the kettle for me mm. and how meaningful like how meaningful that is that every morning I now wake up and the kettle is boiled. Um, So meaningful. But then the other day I put a Diet Coke in the freezer for you as yeah. I was making, because you were running out the door. So I thought, okay, I know he likes his Diet Coke in the freezer to get like ice cold. And you like freaked out that I did it. You couldn't believe how sweet it was. But you've never told me that in the past. Baby, it means a lot to me to put the Diet Coke in the because freezer. Because it doesn't. But you and, were, like, freaking out, so excited. And once you
0: understand why I was actually freaking out, and I thought, because you were like, you oh. Was it because you didn't tell me? Yes, partly. So you had said, um, you know, about the it being just like me turning the kettle on. And I thought, oh, it's actually not, but I didn't want to say it at that moment, because it was, like, so lovely and sweet, hmm. and I was just really blown away, and I was running out the door. It was because there was no way to make up for it. Meaning... Once I realized, oh man, I didn't think to put a Diet Coke in the freezer, which means that my Diet Coke isn't isn't gonna reach, like the difference in pleasure for me between a really cold Diet Coke and one that is just starting to turn slushy is, is massive. It is not a small difference in pleasure. So I thought, okay, I'm going to eat this meal and run out the door. And now I don't have time to wait for a Diet Coke. Like normally I would actually wait instead of having it with my meal. I would just have the Diet Coke after my meal when it's had, it's about 12 minutes in the freezer. And I thought, I can't wait. And so like, it was like, oh, bummer. Like I'm going to miss out on, I'm going to have a level six Coke instead of a level 10 Coke. Okay. And so in in the moment where I'm feeling like that it, it can't be undone like all hope is lost, you said oh I, I already put one in so the freezer for you. So it's not the you.
1: actual act of doing it. It was just no no, no. The situation. It, it was, it was, it was it... the
0: act. It was the saving the moment. You know. But then how do I
1: replicate it? Because right, because that's can. the thing. Like your reaction was so strong and sweet to me. I was like. Right. I, put a Diet Coke. I know. Like, it was. Right? So, I was like, okay, I've got this. I didn't realize it was so important. Now to get like this pleasure from you, like all I have to do is put a Diet Coke in the freezer. That's amazing. And now you're telling me it's not. I'll,
0: well, make a screenplay reference. So in screenwriting, they tell you the most important thing is to raise the stakes. So if what's at stake, which this is why people's families always getting kidnapped. Someone's been killed, and they have to like go on revenge. In yeah, you yeah. you need stakes. Like something really needs to matter. And in fact one of the most interesting things in screenwriting is they say, why this story at this moment in time? And I always thought that was a cool question. So that was a, the Diet Coke was Hmm. not only the thing, it was at that moment in time, everything coalesced to make it special. And if you think about it as sweet and as much as you love me putting the kettle on for you, you don't react the way that I reacted to the Diet Coke.
1: No, you were so over the top. I was Because
0: I was literally, like it literally was deus ex machina, where out of nowhere someone came and saved this this moment that I was having all silently I didn't say anything but uh, oh, the fact that but, you then said it was there I...
1: so I'm always gonna try and replicate it right because <clears throat> if I saw that reaction so it's when right. you're leaving or when you're in a rush
0: and I've forgotten to do and it you've myself forgotten.
1: okay yeah. check I right. I'll is. remember that nice yeah i'm glad you like defined it because otherwise now it'd be putting diet coke in the freezer for you which by the way seconds. is
0: lovely It just you uh-huh. won't end up getting
1: uh-huh. <laughs> you
0: won't get the reaction i'm not wasting
1: my time Vinny.
0: you won't get the big reaction <laughs> that like the just normal thing would be like the kettle
1: okay all right there it is got it all right, guys, so we'll go on to the next question, but we are answering questions live, so p- please drop them in the comments below. And then if this video is bringing you value, please, please, please do share it. That is our one ask um, to share it and get it in front of as many people as possible. There you go. So, all right. So, oh, we've got a kick off Would You Rather. Of course we do. All right. Answer with us, guys. Drop in the comments below. Would you rather have a partner who lacks confidence or lacks empathy?
0: whoa i mean that's easy yeah you'd rather they lack empathy
1: sorry sorry lack confidence i was gonna
0: say like sorry i'd rather
1: have a partner that has empathy is what i mean
0: hashtag i want to be married to a sociopath uh yeah that that one that one's pretty easy i'd much rather be married to somebody with empathy and no confidence than vice versa yeah
1: i have to say though and i today is about confidence so i don't want to just like say everything up front but i gotta say like If you didn't have confidence, that would really like make a difference between our dynamic, I think.
0: No question. No question. And I'm not saying the confidence isn't important. I'm just saying. It's out of the two. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. It's
1: It's a tough one. But definitely that. All right. So kickoff question. This is from Daniel Breeze from actually a few weeks ago, and we really liked it based on confidence. So we really wanted to ask it today. And when I say we, I mean the shady old lady has been amazing nice. and she's been, yeah, digging through all your got your guys' questions and comments and stuff. So please continue dropping them in because we've definitely got the shady old lady looking through it, and then we talk and we go over them. So really appreciate all of everyone's involvement. Nice. All right. So Daniel Breeze, um, you always say that in a relationship, your partner should feel better about themselves when you're with them than when you're not what if your partner's self-esteem starts to depend on whether or not you say or do certain things would you try to help them be independently confident or how would you go about making them feel confident in the long run without making them feel bad in the short term that's a great question kick it off mr billy
0: so this is one where you almost can't help her like the, the whole idea so yes, she needs to find confidence herself, period. And it can be a problem where the person then just becomes reliant on external things to give them the confidence. Uh, and that's never gonna work long-term. And look, there is there is always some level of your confidence that is based on what other people are feeding you. I'm not saying that, but it does need to be able to withstand quite a bit of um, external problems and still stay steady before it would, you know, start to shake. So this is work that she's going to have to do on her own. I think it is absolutely incredibly important work. And one of the things that I like about life is there is no way to just hand somebody the answer. There is no way to um, pull somebody out of the matrix and then that's it. And you've done all the work for them. Like at the end of the day, A, they have to want to get out, which is work that they have to do. And then once they get out and just for anybody joining us for the first time and hearing me make this reference for the first time, the matrix to me is just a, a, a metaphor for the limiting beliefs that we all have about ourselves and what we're capable of. So you have to, once you're, you know, woke and you realize that like, whoa, I'm doing this to myself. Um, and you can then really begin to assess how to change your belief system so that you can empower yourself, so that you can go out and take advantage of the human ability to learn, grow, and adapt, like then the real work begins and you've actually got to do that work. So unfortunately, he can't do anything other than be encouraging and supportive. She's gonna have to do the work and she either does it and gets like more confident and stronger or she doesn't, and she's always going to be in that limbo where he has to be feeding her compliments to give her the almost illusion of confidence. Mm.
1: Oh, that's nice. Also, I think he has, but also show he's supporting her, because let's do real life example with me and you. So um, during the height, height, I would say of my, the worst of my health, um, about a year and a half ago, we were at Quest. And I remember just like, because I, I was so sick and um, I could tell my emotions were just all over the place. So because my emotions were all over the place, I started noticing my confidence level was dropping and I was feeling very insecure. And I know we've told this story before, but It was when we were in your office and I was just so emotional all the time, every day feeling insecure about my position in the company, about my delivery, about my success, about whether I was hitting my goals. Like everything, all my entire confidence was shot down because of my health. And so there was that knock-on effect. I didn't realize that was the reason, right? It's the phrase you say, like when it feels real, it's because it is real, right? So it was very real feeling for me. And I remember you were always very sweet, complimentary. Me, um, supportive of me and so I think that's important but one day you did turn around to me and you said look because I remember something like I you had upset me over some reason I can't remember what now But I remember like basically blaming you and eventually you were like, look, this is really messing with your emotions, which is messing with your confidence. And you can't rely on me to bring you all the confidence to the table because what if you're in a bad mood one day? What if you're in the middle of work and you, you know, um, flippantly like dismiss me because you're in the middle of work, right? Like totally get it. But If then my confidence is all relying on how you're feeling, how you're acting towards me, then we're setting ourselves up for disaster because I'm not then taking control. I'm literally just bouncing off you. And you told me to my face and I remember and you're just like, look, you have to figure this out. I'm going to be here for you, but you've got to do the work. And so that's the advice I'd give to Daniel is that show that you're supporting them, show that you're loving them, show that you care and that you're there for them whenever possible, but that they have to do the work. And you're always honest, like, let me know how I can help. But this has to be a battle you have to face. And so if I'm trying to hide behind it through you, like it will never get resolved because I'm always then going to rely on you. So, yeah. So I think that being supportive, but also being very honest. And I remember when you said that to me, it was quite hurtful at the time. Like, what do you mean? Like, I, you know, I want to rely on you. But then I really realized what you were saying. And, um, yeah, that was the greatest advice that you'd given me in those in that moment. What? Uh-huh. So. All right. So. Oh, all right.
0: Yeah, I was just clinging.
1: All right. So we've got a question. Um. Thank you guys for asking. Um, okay, this is from Tess R. Pereira. I <laughs> you always laugh at the names um, or the way I say them. Hey, Tom and Lisa, how do you balance letting your partner be themselves with managing expectations, upholding, respecting your own standards, total freedom or individualism versus co-creating sacrifice and compromise? No one wants to be a pushover, but also not a nag. Did
0: you fully understand the question? I'd need it one more time. But okay, if you understand, yeah, just no, give your no, answer. No.
1: How do you balance letting your partner be themselves with uh-huh. managing expectations, upholding, respecting your own standards?
0: Okay, so, so here's what I'm hearing. So what I'm hearing is actually how what do you do when your partner's standards are lower than yours? Am I misinterpreting that? To- like, so no, it's You want to let them be themselves, but you want to hold them to a standard.
1: It's total freedom of being an in- individual right? versus co-creating sacrifice and compromise. No,
0: no, no. Don't switch to a different part of the question. Read the first part again.
1: How do you balance letting your partner be themselves with managing expectations and upholding, respecting your own standards? So yeah, I guess your standards are different.
0: Because there's friction between different standards. So this to me is very akin to collisions of values so obviously i know no details about the situation whatsoever but i will say that we have a collision of values one person believes things should be one way and the other person believes things should be the other way
1: yeah like and no one wants to be a pushover but also not a nag
0: yeah yeah The oh, so you've got to have the real conversation that is the real answer and it what you value isn't right or wrong objectively. And I think that it's important for people to come into any sort of exchange with a significant other understanding, hey, look, I'm not saying my way is better, but I am saying it's mine. And so...
1: But I yeah, think that he, that kind of goes into like people fall into that trap, right? Where you naturally start judging the other person and the way they are.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Judge away.
1: So you're saying you don't care?
0: I'm saying you you've got to live a life that is going to be interesting to you. You have no moral obligation to be in a relationship. So if you have a collision of values, you need to have the conversation about the values, which are very deep. And so I'm writing my book right now. And this is like, I am having such a hard time explaining. It is so self-evident to me that there is a difference between identity and values, but when I actually have to put the words on paper, it gets really hard. Identity is who you are. Values is like what you hold to be not objectively true, but the way things should be. In fact, maybe, will you remember this? Values are about how you view the world in terms of how it should be. Mm. So, Whether or not the world actually is this way, I am moving towards this thing because it is how I believe the world should be. So for instance, I could not be with you if you had low standards, I couldn't. Like if you didn't hold yourself to a ridiculously high standard. Does it
1: like standards in every aspect of my life or?
0: Probably not, but I haven't thought through that. Just at a high level, if in the things that we were engaged in, you weren't holding yourself to a standard. Yeah. Like that would really wind me up, meaning a high standard. If you looked at me like I was crazy when I really go in on something and I'm really working hard and I'm trying to make it fucking great. If you were like, hey, it's good enough. Like, why are you working so hard? Uh, literally, you would seem like an alien. Can dream.
1: I then say, really jump in. That's how I feel when you say you don't care about the mics and then the chords.
0: Very interesting. Like,
1: I feel like your standards are low. Like you can't have the ca- the the mess but you always look at me like i'm nuts
0: yeah that it without going into the specifics of why i will say that that is a perfect example of what we're talking about yeah. and if at some point you were like the mic cables are the only thing that matters and the aesthetics of this are the only thing that matters versus because this really is a collision of this values. really is so we have this for argument. me it's like to get lost in the minutia of where a mic cord is hanging and that's the same time you could be allocating towards delivering value to the end person and thinking about how do we structure the show what should the segments be how should we be talking about them which that is where I'm at from a standards perspective mm-hmm. so I only ask one question how can I add the most value to the person watching that like that's my fundamental values so like the fucking cables couldn't matter less then this
1: is a perfect example right where it's like I don't want to be a nag cuz I think that's what she's saying right we have different standards on The aesthetic right here. So we have different standards. For me, it's very important to hide the cables. I hate these freaking mics. I want to wear laughs. Um, So that's a collision of values. Um, I have given up. I think you broke my will to like push that forward. Um, But yeah, like I was nagging for a while and we were kind of butting heads a little.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe it was more on your side. Like it almost doesn't make my radar that we've talked about the cables. Um, but that is sort of a, it's one way that reveals that there is something going on underneath the hood. So arguing about the cables doesn't make sense getting down to a collision of values. And I, I in fact let's do it in real time. What's more important, the aesthetics of the show or the ultimate value that it brings to the end? Ultimate
1: user? value, but right? I don't so, think I have to decide. I think I can do both.
0: Sure, and Peter's law, right? When given a choice between two options, take both. No problem with that. But when you get to the, um, if they were butting heads and right, they're in line, make... the problem you get to the value system because hmm. hopefully everybody just saw like that was so easy to go, which do we value more? Hmm. Spending the time focusing on making the show better so that we can add more value, or spending the time making sure that we make the show look better. And in fact, maybe another way to ask it is, what adds more value? The things that we're saying, and like the way that we structure the show, or the way that the show looks? Now, I think that's super easy to answer, Mm -hmm. especially because many people are gonna hear this only as a podcast. And they have no idea if we're wearing lobs or we have mics in front of us. Um, so I, once you get down to like the foundation of the issue, it becomes very easy to deal with. This is what you and I call never argue about the tea. Mm. So we've talked about this on the show before, but the, one of the biggest arguments that we've ever had was over a cup of tea. Now, somewhere around hour three of the argument, we begin to realize this isn't about the tea. So mm-hmm. what is this? Actually, about like what are we actually arguing about? Yeah, and the problem was we were young enough that I don't think it was immediately apparent to either of us no. that we were arguing about something other than the tea. And now it is. like now, whenever we're arguing about something, almost always, whatever the something is that you're arguing about is not the real thing that you Why? should be talking about because it's always the spark, it's the catalyst, it's the straw that broke the camel's back. It's that little thing. That represents something far bigger. So in this question, I hear a need to talk about what they value, Mm. and the important part for each person is to recognize there's no empirical truth. You simply believe the world should be one way, the other person believes that it should be another way, or maybe even better, this would be a saving grace, oddly enough, the other person just hasn't thought about it. So... They're at the level of the T or the mic cables and they haven't gotten down to, oh, you're right. Like I'm thinking aesthetically, there is something that like when things are off center to me, right? Whoa, like I have a neurochemical reaction to things being off center. But I can rationally, even though I have that visceral reaction to it, I can rationally go, it doesn't make sense to overly focus on that. Most people don't even notice. So what's a far bigger fish that we could be frying right now? So in that scenario, when she brings it up, he may go, oh, wow, yeah, you know what? I actually haven't even thought about that. Oh, cool. You're right. I totally get that. So I get why you don't want to be a nag. Um, Let me really see what I agree with, what I believe in, and Mm -hmm. what I'd be willing on my own to be pushing myself to do. But the reason I started my initial answer the way that I did is I want people to understand that when you identify the collision of values, And neither of you are interested in adopting the other person's values. You're not convinced at all. Mm. It's time to move on.
1: Move on in what sense? The
0: relationship. Peace out.
1: But also like even taking like the dishes. We always say don't, what is it, the phrase you say? Don't want me to want to do the dishes. Yeah. Is that the phrase?
0: That is a phrase I can't remember. I think that comes from that movie um The Breakup with Jennifer oh. Aniston. Oh yeah. He said you I want you Jennifer Aniston says to him I want you to want to do the dishes and he's like what
1: that doesn't make any sense. Right. Um because ultimately even if you don't want to like you'll still do it if it's meaningful to me and that's kind of almost a little switch where it's like collision of values I want a, ha- a house tidy you don't really care because you're more focused on like it doesn't get the results in the bigger scheme of things and so don't want me to want to do the dishes but if it's important to you and this is something that you value then I'll do it to show you that I care but it's not something that you're always going to do naturally that you think should be done you're actually just doing it for me and so that was a little shift as well where it's like okay now I'm not nagging you to do the dishes but when you do like I really appreciate it because I know that It's not actually something you wanna do, but it's like a gift to me. Mm. And so I think like that's the difference. Whereas if we didn't have that discussion and you were doing the dishes, I'd be like, yeah, you should be doing the dishes.
0: Yeah, and I think it's important to note uh, that the collision of values has to be of like real import before that would be a a peace out moment. Um, But getting to what your value, like you like the house clean, I literally couldn't care less. In a business environment, which is the thing you always throw back at me. Yeah. And I will say that the office needs to look nice, um, but the house not so much. So, but that uh, I get it. I see your point. I just don't feel it, don't really care. I think there's time spent better elsewhere. But that, I mean, Jesus, like, doesn't make my radar of things that would be so offensive as the cause of crisis in our what? relationship.
1: But it, it's. Something that's small that could eventually- It stopped
0: us from having arguments to get to what we were valuing and where the collision actually was. Yeah.
1: All right. Oh, we've got some fan thoughts on the mics. All right. Let's have a look. Um, Lauren Fanning likes lavalier mics so you can express more body language during the show. Right? Like, this gets in the way. Daniel Bro likes the mics we have. Daniel. And,
0: And I do want the record to reflect here that I said, let's test. And in a blind test, if I can't tell the difference in sound quality between the lavalier and the studio mics, then we'll use the lavaliers. Yeah, no, and that's true. And in a blind test, yeah. you can tell the difference, it is significant. So but that's why I couldn't argue, and that's reason. why they're still here. Right. Yeah.
1: All right, so next question. Did thank you sneak on? Thank you guys for submitting your questions. Uh, the Wookie Monster is- <laughs> She
0: knows she's not supposed to be here. She's got her ears right, pinned back and everything.
1: If she sits on you, at least and stays quiet. And this is the Wookie Monster. You guys at home have never met her before. Um, okay, so fan question, and I you got to pay attention yeah, yeah, though because she'll be distracting. Um, okay, this is from um, Jeannie McElroy. I love impact theory and all you teach. My husband is scared by how quickly I'm growing and learning, yet is scared to get a teacher or read for himself to grow. He wants to learn from me. That's interesting. What are three things I can share with him to help him while still maintaining the wife lover relationship rather than mum relationship? Wow, wow what that's an amazing such a great question. question! Yeah. Okay,
0: so here's the bad news. I've lived through this, and when you first started, well, so let's really back up. Yeah. When we first got together, I wanted a housewife, and I took tremendous pride in. Um, no, nah, that's not the word I ever would have used, a nurturer. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. So, because a caretaker sounds like a ground. But
1: housewife keeper. sounds like you just want a maid.
0: No, that's actually, that's really interesting. Yeah. That is not what I mean when I say that that's so, at all. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Of well, the choice um, of words. Yeah. Which words matter. Mm-hmm. You know how I feel about that. Uh No, I wanted to be able to provide for you. I wanted you to, to be able to, like, live, here's how I thought of it. I wanted you to be able to live whatever life you wanted and that I was gonna be able to provide that for you. And I had a really bizarre notion of like, I'm gonna go slog it out and like, grind myself into the dirt so that you can live a life. It's like, if you wanna go out with your friends, you can go out with your friends. If you wanna pursue art, you can pursue art. That was so meaningful to me to think that I could give you that life. And so that was where my early thoughts were. And then as I started getting a growth mindset myself, I started being like, why don't you have one? Like, why aren't you pursuing something that you love? And why aren't you making the most of your time? And then it was like a, a total shift for me. Flash forward, you do start thinking like that and wanting to do something with your life. We start quest.
1: Well, let me flash forward though. The reason why was because I knew that um, for us to really like bond and have like this l- lifelong relationship, if you're moving at hundred miles an hour, I gotta keep up. Like, I remember thinking like, shit, i got to step up my game because there will be a time where I feel like you're so far ahead of me and you're looking like, like, come on, don't you know this? Or aren't you part of this? And I was very aware of that.
0: Very interesting. Um, So flash forward, Quest, you start working and it it is one of the most surreal things that's ever happened to me in my life to see how radically and rapidly somebody can really change. Like when you talk about going from um uh, not necessarily a fixed mindset to a growth mindset but those early days of you now have a growth mindset and you're in a position to really be learning a lot that it was crazy and i watched you go from thinking more like the you know traditional housewife in my words not a maid but like where you were staying at home and you didn't have a career and there wasn't like, you weren't trying to make massive gains and things like that. And all of a sudden you had that environment where you could do that, you could express yourself that way, you could get better, we were growing so fast. You know, first it was you were by yourself, then you have one employee, then you have 10, then you have 40 and watching you transition and quite frankly, harden up. Like that was dizzying for me. And to see you go through that And I remember saying like, I'm actually having a hard time with this. Like you're changing so profoundly that all the things that I've come to value you for, um, the emotional support, the just time and attention that I was able to get from you. I mean, you were making all my food, laying out my clothes. Like you wanna know how my day was. It was like, there was the invisible like, oh, this has all become about me and hey, I'm pretty comfortable with that. And then all of a sudden it wasn't all about me and it was truly we were peers in the relationship. And it was only at that moment that I realized, whoa, like we weren't before not in that way, right? Like everything was sort of aimed at what I was doing and you were an amazing support system to that. But now it was like, while we both had the same end goal of making the company big, you had literally your own department I had mine, and so for you to be effective at that, you really had to change, you really had to get tougher, you had to be way more assertive, you had to focus on your own stuff, and I thought, I, I need to externalize this because it's becoming a struggle, and so I did, and we ended up talking through it, and in talking through that, it becomes abundantly clear to me that, because I think at one point you were like, I'll back off, like I don't wanna damage the relationship,
1: It was basically exploring all the options because I think you don't close any doors. You have to look at all the possibilities and then make a decision based on that.
0: And my thing was to ask you to be any less than like the greatest version of yourself was so grotesque to me that I was like, absolutely not. Like, this is me. I have to work my way through this. Like, you literally... You keep doing what you're doing. It's amazing objectively from the outside. It's beautiful. It's incredible to watch you blossom into this person that can hold her own with a team of 40 people. I mean, it's pretty breathtaking. Um, And so I had to process through that. So I get what it's like when somebody is really changing rapidly.
1: Well, this person is saying they're changing and then their partner-
0: That's like part two, right? So I get why he's, because doesn't she say like he's my scared? My husband is scared by right. how quickly I'm growing so, and learning.
1: Oh, that's, that, yeah, I see what That's what, what I was saying. addressing. Okay.
0: So now you've so got- sit
1: down and talk about the changes that are being yeah, made. Yeah, like and identify why ar-
0: you're scared. Like he has to understand what that means. He feels like he's losing power, control.
1: Attention.
0: Yeah, who knows? Like they're like, like, Like if we're going to slip into stereotypical male um, being the alpha, being dominant, like whatever, it's all stereotypes and this may not at all apply to their Mm -hmm. relationship. But just knowing that there is a lot of baggage that people oftentimes have to process through, you need to process through it, talk through it together, identify what it is exactly uniquely to him that's actually making him afraid. Then, like, once that's out in the open, and by the way, it may be ugly, it may not be something that he's proud of, but if he can admit it, right, like, then we can begin to get on the other side of it.
1: And for her not to judge him, because if he says, like, I like being taken care of, she has to just be very open to that, right, instead of going like, oh, so you just want me to be, you know. Well, I
0: think this is about the growth mindset, though, so… Tell yes. me if I'm wrong. So the what I was it's using to illustrate then, is very yeah. much specific to us about the fear of the fears that I had right. about you changing. It sounds like that's not necessarily what's going on in their relationship. Um, but maybe
1: it is. Maybe it's. I mean, I don't want to keep guessing. But yeah, maybe it's that he's scared about the fact that she's growing so much further. Like, is she going to surpass him? Does that then affect his own ego? Because he's
0: that's what I think is is more going on. Is that like what you went through? earlier that sort of prompted this for you is the sense of being left behind. And which then makes sense with her saying like, I don't wanna slide into a mommy role where it's like, I'm so far ahead of him, I'm the teacher. So. um, One way I make sure my business is moving in the right direction is to ensure we are constantly becoming more efficient. Head right now to netsuite.com slash theory. Again, that's netsuite.com slash theory. Get the information you need. Head to netsuite.com slash theory.
1: To what, yeah, what, how would you handle that second half?
0: I think that the honest answer is the only way to deal with that is he's going to have to start doing some learning on his own. Um, may I recommend going to impacttheory.com and reading my book list? Um, literally, that's what the book list is there for—is to help people develop a growth mindset. Uh, they're in order. So, and if he's not willing to put in the work to read those books, then you know you have a different problem, and you need to identify like what's going on, why he's not taking action, what he means by "I want to learn from you," like what yeah. is the comfort zone in that? Mm. Because there's something in that that isn't. Awesome. I'm just gonna be really frank. So there's um either a fear or a laziness or something in that I just want to learn from you. Like once you understand how much you can empower yourself by learning, nobody would say that.
1: And when you've got two, when you've got two people, so you're way ahead than I am. You read so much more than I do. Um and so there was a time for me where I literally sat back and was like God, I'm like, I can't keep up. I can't keep up. And then I thought, you know what? It's okay. Like, I actually don't want to keep up. Like the amount of time and energy you put into reading and growing, like I'm okay with my comfort level and I don't have to compare myself to you. And so that was actually a massive revelation for me because I always wanted to be like right at your, like on the same level that like I was getting exhausted and I wasn't enjoying it and but I kept feeling like, you got to keep up, you got to keep up. So being okay with it is also like, I think important to think about. So like for him, if he just doesn't have that thirst for knowledge and growth, like she does. So he's kind of like, yeah, I kind of want to know, but like, that's okay. I think you need to discuss that as well and be okay with the fact that maybe like you do have different goals and her goal is to really learn and grow at an exponential rate and his isn't like there shouldn't be a comparison there. So getting to the core of Ooh, you think that? you're
0: you're totally on the money and then like four seconds ago you went somewhere that I can't abide well, so, like you read
1: like 30 books a month and, and so I'll now read, like, we're getting one. into
0: specifics so and I and I think you're right the specifics don't matter so for instance, um I'm not interested in working out in the gym like you do L- literally I just have no interest in that right. but what she's talking about is a growth mindset so and i think unless i misheard the question the thing that he wants to learn from her is about a growth mindset it isn't like about neurosurgery it's very specifically how to obtain a growth mindset sure. so and that i think getting that developing your mindset um there's it's not okay to be in a relationship with somebody For me, for me, for me, I just want to make that really clear. For me, it would not be okay to be developing my mindset and be in a relationship with somebody who's not developing theirs because of the thing that you put your finger on early in our relationship, which is I'll pull away from you um so how much i know about a given subject how many books i read that's irrelevant to me um so i would just say that they have a potential danger zone and i think we should move off this question yep. they have a potential danger zone if what they're talking about is one person is rapidly developing a growth mindset and the other's not the specifics of then what they deploy that mindset against is irrelevant
1: mm. cool all right oh we got some um would you rather, we have to actually wrap slightly early today because you've yes. got to leave. So let's uh, throw these out very quickly. Um, oh, I don't see them. <laughs> oh no. Do we have a would you rather? Okay. Just holding on for a second. And, but, when, but when I said, by the way, reading, I meant not about neuroscience, but about growth mindset.
0: Interesting, trying to drag me back into that question, I see.
1: <laughs> All right, would you rather segment? Okay, here we go, guys. Answer with us. Drop your comments in below. Would you rather be unable to improve your own confidence or have a partner who is unable to prove their confidence?
0: Uh, are we – if we're dealing in reality, my confidence is on point. So I'd rather be, oh, okay, well, if this is like the top level of my confidence, fine. I don't feel like it's holding me back. So in that scenario, no, I'm just saying in the scenario where my confidence is what it is, Mm. now do I want my partner to be in a position where they can't improve theirs and they're struggling? No, I'd rather help them. But let's say
1: me and you right now. Yeah, probably me. Yeah, I mean, the honest answer is- Here's the thing I would say, yeah, I agree actually, because your confidence is pretty damn good. Even when you're getting knocked, you're like, yeah, learn from it. So- which I want to steal from you. Um I'm okay.
0: steal from Carol Dwag.
1: Yeah. Um okay, next, would you rather Oh, we got a fan submitted, Would You Rather? Love that. Thank you guys. Right. This is from Stepan Ukrainet. I'm sure that was exactly right. That's
0: exactly how he says it every time. <laughs>
1: Would you rather give up a romantic relationship to create a business that will change the world and never be able to have a relationship or be in a happy relationship for the rest of your life and never build anything in your life? It's great. Would you rather? Please, please submit more. That was great.
0: Yeah. And and my an- there's only one true answer for me. Go ahead. And that is to build something.
1: What if we're already together?
0: Um, I could never choose something over you, so that also is equally easy, but, um, I, I would literally have to find an outlet for that. Otherwise it would, being in a relationship with me would be a misery.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that like before I met you, it would probably have been, been a relationship. Um, because I didn't really have like a personal drive to be in business i had a personal drive to be in movie business as a creative but not as an actual business owner um but yeah right now like i for sure i'd never give you up so all right um next one would you rather be independent and lonely or completely dependent on your partner for your happiness if it's talking about reality me and you then i i would want to be um dependent on you for my happiness.
0: Yeah. Um, yes. Now I'm just going to give a counterpoint and that is to say it is so insanely dangerous to have the totality of your happiness wrapped in somebody else. Um, and like I consider us independently codependent. And what I mean by that is your emotions dramatically affect mine. But I'm so hyper aware of the situation that I can separate myself from that if I need to and go, OK, right now it just doesn't make sense. Like, we'll come back and address this. And I can literally hit the emotional reset button and go on with my day um, and then come back to the table. So but for people who can't do that, they get into death spirals. But you're of just saying like if emotional mania.
1: If somebody, like basically you rub off on each other. So if one person's having a really bad day, then it's- So now
0: imagine people who warn you against being codependent. This is the scenario. The vast majority of humanity does not know how to self-soothe. So their emotions feel real to them. So they indulge every emotion they have. So their day-to-day life is- Swings, mood swings. One thing tips them this way, then that way. And and I'm not even talking about people who are truly manic depressive, right? Who now manic depressive means super high lows, elated, having a great time. Today was the best day of my life, and being around people when they're in their mania can be fun because they're just having a great time. But then also the depressive. But either swing like these hard swings in any direction, it just becomes exhausting. Mm. So now. Bring that down several notches, and you've got the average person. And it's ups and lows. Yeah, it was good and bad. Every day is sort of a mix. But like they're they're not trying to keep to center now put them in a relationship where they feel codependent with another person Mm. who is not making an effort to stay in center. And so they're having these, oh, it's good, oh, it's bad. You know, not not massive manic depressive swings, but like the normal swings. Now it's like fucking dropping pebbles into a water. So it's not just the single ripple anymore. You get the wave interference Mm. of the moods and it is just chaos. So what happens when you're down and I'm up, you're up and I'm down, we're both down, we're both up. It's like, when you're both up, it feels amazing. When you're high, and the other person's low, you feel like they've buzz killed. Now you're annoyed. Mm. And so then that annoyance creates another ripple, which then they ripple back because they're already down and you get this fucking wave interference pattern that is total madness. So while each person on their own would have been okay because it's just the normal swings of day-to-day life, when you put them in an emotionally codependent relationship where neither of them are making an attempt to stay in the center, it becomes this total cacophony of emotions going everywhere and bouncing off of each other it's it's just crazy town now the reason that i can say you and i are codependent without being um without thinking i know what people think when they hear it but i know the reality of being in that relationship and the reality is both of us are always trying to keep the center for ourselves and both of us work really hard to help the other person find center when they're not centered so if i'm in a good mood and you're in a bad mood or vice versa and the other one like sort of spoils that mood. We don't go, oh, I can't believe it. you fucking ruined it. It's like, we recognize the pattern. It's like, hey, how do we get you back to neutral? We've got all these tricks to get ourselves there, to be receptive to the other person bringing us there. So it's like, you've got two people always fighting to like be in the center, to enjoy the highs, to learn from the lows. So it's like, it just works, but that's not where most people are. And so it is terrifying, so. That was a very hopefully useful answer to the flip side of your coin, even though I would agree with you um, in our relationship. I think for most people, being codependent is so dangerous, you're probably better off being alone.
1: Mm. Drop the mic, Billy. There it is. That was freaking great. I got nothing to add to that, which doesn't happen often. Um... Okay, we've got a last one because we've got a wrap. Um, would you rather live to 150? Really a-
0: fast. I'm going to stop you there because this is so sincere and I've taken flack on air. for not. People think I'm not good at this. That tops looks, top looks lovely. Yeah. I really like that.
1: Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Funny thing is, I woke up this morning, it was cold. So I was like, oh, I get to put on my sweater. And now nice. I'm like,
0: it's Ooh! still showing your shoulder. I would just like one to One shoulder.
1: Note- one shoulder and the funny thing to be honest with people at home as well this is backwards because this is supposed to be on this side like that the tag. but i was like oh i want the right shoulder to show you because are a the rule head. breaker through and through <laughs> the top sorry okay last one would you rather would you rather live to 150 with yes. the body of your 30 year old self mm-hmm. or live to 30 with an with the knowledge of your 150 year old self
0: Oh, 150 for sure. For sure. Like the, really, just Does, do the they other just, day.
1: Maybe you don't have any more knowledge then. I'm going to throw that wrench. Uh,
0: You mean that like my knowledge caps out at 30? Yeah.
1: Because she's, so it says with the body of your 30 year old, but I want to say with yeah. the, do you mind if I change it a bit? All right, let's change it. Yeah. With your knowledge of your 30 year old self.
0: Um, uh, 150. 150 knowing what I knew at 30, at least I already had a growth mindset. Like I knew how to center myself emotionally for sure. I'm mortified to lose all the things that I've lost, Mm. but I would have been capable of living a very enjoyable and joyful life. And at the end of the day, since the only thing that matters is brain chemistry and all of the other stuff is just about wanting to accomplish on a world stage. Um, Yeah. Uh, for sure 150 with my 30 year old
1: well the funny thing knowledge. is i have to be 150 because i don't want you to live without me no there you go i trapped you so <laughs> all right so we've got some fan shout outs this is to neymar a r who was just watching last week's episode when we went live all nice. right thank you well, for welcome. joining and jason mccowan Oh, ah, what's, what's up Chase? homie yeah
0: Super good dude, by the way. Check him out. Um, anybody out there that has struggled with weight loss, Jace. I'm on the board of his company, by the way, and I am incentivized to believe what I'm about to say, but I actually do believe it, um, but I'm incentivized to believe it, and I want people to understand that. But if you've struggled, go check his site out, modiushealth.com, really fascinating. They made a device which messes with, um, not messes with, it stimulates your vestibular system, which then um, has potential to help people lose weight. It's pretty incredible. Uh, they were crushing it at CES when I was there. Amazing.
1: And to be honest, like when very, very, very first started, you're like, oh yeah, it's this device. And so you start wearing this weird head thing. And as the wife, I'm like, are you killing yourself? Like, what are you putting on your head? So it's like, I was so worried about it. Um, just because obviously, you know, I, I want you to live to 150. Mm. Um, and
0: I'm. can I make a guess right now? Yeah. That Patricia, his wife, is sitting with him at this moment. Yeah. Cause I know that they watch oh, impact theory. Cool. So it's not probably not just Jason. Yeah. His wife is so cool. I really enjoyed my time with her. Uh, I got to hang with her at CES and they are a lovely couple. I see us like 10 years ago in them. It's so cool. Cause mm-hmm. they work together on the business yeah. and it's really neat to see the dynamic that they found with each other. It's really, really cool. Nice. So there it is. Yeah. Good All peeps. Right. Good peeps.
1: Um, All right, guys. So um, we are, yeah, we have to wrap early, unfortunately. Um, Next week, so actually switch on your notifications because our days and times are varying a little. um, And we love it when you guys join live so you can kind of join in the conversation, add your thoughts on your would you rathers. Um, So next week, are we on normal time, Michelle? Oh, okay. So, no. so same time Tuesday at eight AM. That tells next me that week. next
0: week is equal insanity. I know. To this
1: yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah.
0: Love it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, again for joining us at at a weird time. We do really appreciate you guys showing up asking your questions. It is amazing. We are eternally grateful. Uh, If this added value to you, like Lisa said at the top of the episode, please do share it. That's how we're going to grow this community. And if you haven't already subscribed, be sure to do so. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.